today, we're going to be looking at honoring authority. And that's why the title of the sermon today is, Even to the Government. Because here's the thing, I know a lot of you in here, including myself, are not fans of some of the things that our government does. Amen. I got, that's my first amen I've gotten. <laughs> no, no, and it's okay to not be a fan. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say you have to like everything that your governments do. But a, a truth that I had to learn when I was in high school and early college was the fact that, and we're going to look at it, that God put the governments in place. Whether we like them or not, they're not in place unless God puts them there. Now, that doesn't mean that everything they do is right, but they're there, and we're commanded to honor them and to respect them. That includes whether or not you like Trump. That includes whether or not you liked Obama and Bush and Clinton and Bush and Reagan. Keep going back. 45 presidents, right? 45? Trump number 45? No, it's okay. I trust Uncle Vern. He said yes, and I think, uh, I think Ken nodded his head. So the two people here that are smarter than me, Two of the people here smarter than me. That came out wrong. We're off to a good start. Why don't we read scripture and we'll go from there. So 1 Peter 2, 13 through 20. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 20. It reads, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Verse 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Number one, submit yourselves. Number one, submit yourselves. I mentioned it right at the top. God's the one that places authorities in power. From every king, ruler, tyrant, dictator, slave, master, whatever you want, from the largest man to the smallest, God has put them in authority. You're supposed to respect them. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to the king or to the governors. Basically what Peter is saying here is, it doesn't matter if it's the one who is sitting on the throne, or the ones whom the one is sitting on the throne sends, you submit yourselves to them. I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I look at my paycheck, and I see the money that comes out of it that's being sent to the government to use for who knows what, a bridge to nowhere in Alaska maybe, I really don't want to respect my government. But I should anyway. Taxes is something that kind of hits all of our wallets, and so that's why I bring that up and use that. And, and back then, they had it even worse because, you see, the thing with tax collectors back then was the Roman government would say, we want $5 from everybody. So a tax collector would show up and say, give me $20 and give $5 to the government and keep the 15 for themselves. And that was legal. That was allowed. At least now, 
the government takes it all from you. But this reminds me of Romans 13, where, where, where Paul says pretty much the same thing. That God put thing people in authority and you are to follow them. Now here's the thing. Here's the caveat of it all. You are not to follow an authority that commands you to sin. God's law supersedes man's law at every turn. Now, it doesn't mean that if you don't like something, you still don't, you don't do it. Because if it's not a sin, you should still do it. And it's not just, see, this talks about government, but it's not just government. It's, for instance, something like your parents. Some of you are older than me. Most of you are older than me. I think all of you. No, Ian's younger than me. <laughs> there is one person in this room right now younger than me. But even to your parents or to your bosses, yeah, if your boss tells you to stay late and do some paperwork, you might not like that. Too bad because they're not asking you to sin. If they ask you to stay back and kill the four people they have in the janitor's closet, that's an issue. Take it down a little bit. If they ask you to embezzle, okay, we'll take it to that. That's a sin. But sinning is different than just doing something you don't like. And if a government tells you to do something, if an authority figure tells you to do something that is not a sin, you have to do it. Because if you don't, you are sinning. By what the Bible says, because... It says to follow them. Now, I'm not telling you how to vote necessarily. I'm not telling, I have not hid my, not political beliefs, I have not hid my moral beliefs. I'll say it outright. I believe that abortion is wrong. That is the number one thing that I vote for when I go to the polls for president, congressman, woman, uh, whatever, local government, everything. The first thing I look at is what is their stance on abortion? And I will not vote for somebody that is pro-choice. I just won't. However, comma, we do have a government right now that has said that abortion is legal. So while I'm going to vote against it when I have the power to, I have to accept that right now that's where we're at. Now you should vote for whatever it is. You have been given in this God-given country to vote for certain ways. And that's okay. But I'm going to be honest with you, there are bigger problems in this world. You see, I know people, and so do you, most of you probably, know people that have had an abortion. And most of the time, 99 times out of 100, it kills the person afterward. They don't realize what they're going through. And you and I, blasting them for it, that doesn't help. The government said it's legal. We've got to work with that. We've got to go through that. I'm going to vote against it every time I have the chance. But more important than that is the, the poor woman that desperately needs the hand of God. And us disrespecting our government by blasting them for things doesn't help that. Pray for your governments. We pray for them almost every Wednesday night. Somebody, maybe two or three at prayer meeting, prays for our government, and we need to. Whether it be President Trump, whether it was President Obama, or Bush, or Clinton, or Bush, or Reagan, or keep going, we're supposed to pray for them because they need it. I'll say this, I do not believe, Tom Hanks is my favorite actor. And then we're going to move on to point number two after this. Tom Hanks is my favorite actor. I've loved him in everything I've seen him in. Uh, Saving Private Ryan is one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's heart-wrenching. I love it. He is an outstanding vocal liberal in Hollywood. Most of them are. I don't hold that against him when I'm going to see his movies. However, he came out when president, and this is, the, I'm bringing this up because this is the attitude we need to have. He is not, as far as I know, a professing Christian, yet he had the 
uh, attitude that we need to have. When Trump was elected, he came out, when every other person in Hollywood was bashing him, he came out and said, I hope that Trump succeeds, because if Trump succeeds, that means America has succeeded. And that's more important than my political views. And that's, what, that's the ideal that we need to have. Respect your government. Respect the authorities God has put over you. You've, given the, you've been given the privilege to vote in this country. Use it, and use it well. But respect the authorities put in front of you. Whether they be president, Congress, Supreme Court, boss, parent, wife, whatever, husband, whatever. Submit yourselves. Let's go to number two. Acting in your freedom. Acting in your freedom. In this country, and not just in this country, but if you have been saved in that salvation, you have been given freedom. You're free from the bondage of sin. I've prayed it multiple times that we really don't have to be afraid of somebody coming in here and blowing up this church. Now, is it more prevalent than it was 20 years ago? Yeah. But it's not like it is in the Middle East where you have to fear for your life each and every day like that. They don't have freedom in their country. We have freedom. But here's the thing. In verse 16 it says, Act as free men. And do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves to God. Your freedom does not give you the freedom to be an idiot. It gives you the freedom to be a wise person. To turn your life to God and act as a bond slave. We're going to look at this later on just a little bit when it talks about slaves and masters. But in this country, in our time, we don't really have an idea of what slavery was. Nobody in this room that I know of has ever been a slave. And you might be saying, well, I had a really bad boss. Yeah, me too. Get over it. You still went home at the end of the night. Maybe. Maybe he had you staying home and killing the four guys in the janitor closet. But, but we don't have an idea of what slavery was. To know that my life belonged to another person and they could do with me as they wilt. Beat me, sell me, kill me, or be kind to me. And I couldn't do anything about it. I was theirs. We don't have a concept of that in this country because a hundred and some years ago, 150 some odd years ago, we fought a war over it. Now we're still getting to a place of social equality and stuff like that. I'm not talking about that. But slavery as itself was abolished in 1862. Well, slavery in the North, in the South was abolished in 1862 and then in 1865 Lincoln abolished all slavery. But either way, so we don't have that concept. It's been a generation and a half, two generations, since we, since we were able to contemplate what slavery was and is. Yet we're told to be bond slaves to God. I just mentioned it. We should turn ourselves completely over to God in our freedom. We've been given freedom. And in that, we should turn ourselves to God and say, God, if you want to beat me, if you want to send me to my death, if you want to bless me, whatever it is, I am your slave. I am your bondservant. I'm bonded. I'm bound to you in every way. I've talked to people, you know, they talk about, I forget their names now, but the, the, uh, it, it was just the anniversary a few months ago of the, of the missionaries that were all killed in, that, uh, in the, the aborigine, I think it was. And people were like, why were these idiots going there? Because they were bond slaves to Christ, and Christ said, go. Knowing they were probably going to their deaths. God said, go. And that's what we need to be. Whatever it is, in your freedom, you don't have freedom to sin. 
God, you don't, yeah, it, 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 Paul says it in, in Romans, should you sin so that grace may abound? Let it never be so. Your freedom does not give you freedom to be an idiot. It gives you freedom to be a slave, but a slave to the right person, not to yourself and not to sin. And then in the end of that, verse 17, he says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and again, honor the king or honor the rulers. Your freedom does not give you freedom to be disrespectful. It gives you freedom to be truly respectful. Number three, and our last one today, finding favor, finding favor. I love verse 20 because it says, for what credit is there if when you sin, you are harshly treated and you endure it with patience? I'm getting what I deserve. Good for you. Yeah, you were an idiot. You're getting what you deserve. But more often than not, what happens is when we do good and we are harshly treated, we go, why is this happening to me? I'm such a good person all the time. I never sin. I always give to the plate on Sundays. What's happening? That's not enduring it with patience. And I kind of think that God is sitting up there on his big throne. He's just like, oh, my gosh. Or maybe like, oh, my me. I thought of that just now. My brain was like, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but he's like, why are you acting like that? But it's a credit to you. It finds favor with God. If when you do right and you suffer, you endure it patiently. Here's what it doesn't say here. We've talked about this many times. You will suffer. Life is suffering. From diseases to just general aches and pains. Maybe you don't sleep well. Maybe you need to go see the chiropractor. Maybe you do work a bad job with a bad boss who wants you to go kill the four people in the janitor's closet. Life is hard. My dad told me the other day, he was like, you know, in your past like four sermons, you have said the phrase, life sucks in every single one. And I'm like, maybe I'm trying to get a point across. Or maybe I just don't realize I've said it so many times. But, but it's hard. You will suffer. And you will suffer if you're following after Christ. You will suffer for the sake of Christ. This world hated him. It will hate you because of him. That is fact. And I'm here to tell you that if the world isn't hating you, you're not doing the right thing. I'm not saying it will hate you 24-7. Well, the world will hate you 24-7. I'm not saying that you will be in suffering 24-7. God is kind. He gives us little reprieves every once in a while so we can catch our breath before the Category 5 hurricane of life hits us in the face again. But you will suffer. And if you suffer through it patiently, you find favor with God. Because here's the thing, church. We talked about it last week you are not going to suffer nearly as badly as Christ suffered. There have been very few people that I would say maybe got into the echelon of Christ. Maybe, maybe. But nobody is going to beat him. He's got the suffering down. Numero uno, he did it. Your life will not get worse than his did. That's just a fact. So he knows what it is to suffer. And he suffered through it more patiently than anybody else. He knows what it is to feel pain and heartache. He knows what it is. You don't think that as he hung there on the cross, he was able to see his own mother watching him die? You know how bad that must have torn him apart? Not only is he hanging with the sin of the world on his shoulders, including her sin, for that matter, but he has to watch as she, most likely, devolves 
into tears, dissolves into tears, and is heartbroken as the Savior, yes, but her son, yes, maybe not Joseph's biological son, but let's remember, she bore him for nine months. She gave birth to him, and he died in front of her. That's waiting patiently. That's suffering patiently as he watches this, as he watches all of his friends watch him die, let alone all the other stuff we always talk about. So you're not going to suffer in the same way that he did. You're not going to get to that echelon. If you do, I want to hear about it when we get to heaven because I'm very curious. But life is hard. It beats you up. It just does. But if you suffer through it patiently, you will find favor with God. And I don't care who you are. Finding favor with God has got to be like your number one thing. Because he's number one. And so, I, I don't know about you, but I would much rather get to heaven and go, God, I knew two million people and none of them liked me. I found favor with nobody. He goes, yeah, but you found favor with me. Welcome home. I would much rather have that. Now, here's the thing. I do want to find favor with people. Not enough that I'm willing to compromise, but I like to please people. We all do. But that's more important, finding favor with God. And it all, it all goes back. The whole thing. Peter weaves the whole idea of respect and honoring your government through the whole thing. And then he ends it with, and suffer patiently. You see, I think Peter, who grew up in the Roman time, and if history is to be believed, was crucified upside down, understood that government is not your friend. He might have understood better than any of us ever will that government is going to try to squash you down and try to squash Christianity, and yet he's the one saying, honor your government and suffer patiently for doing what is right. I'll tell you this. This will be my last thing. As I was 20, 21 years old, 19-ish, that area, and I was talking to my parents about becoming a pastor and all that kind of stuff, I was hit with a very sobering fact. This world is degrading very quickly. It's always been going downhill, but I am of the personal belief that was once like this is now more like this. It's great because I think it means Christ's coming soon. Not going to give you a date or time because I don't know. I kind of think he is. But it stinks because I live in this time and I have to watch it. And I came to this sobering fact that let's say I'm a pastor till I'm 75, 80 years old. Maybe. God bless if that happens, I guess. I don't know. I'm one of those people. I'm like my dad. My dad's like, I hit the age of 80. I want out. I don't want to limp away from this thing. I'm like, gotcha, Dad, thanks. But if I'm a pastor for that long, 60 years of being a pastor, there is a good chance that I'll end up in prison one day because I refuse to back down from what the Word of God says. We're not there yet. Other countries are. We're not. But we're headed that direction. I'm willing. I wasn't willing then. That really scared me. I was like, Unless we get to do that whole, you know, Paul and Silas thing and the angel comes and the doors break down. That'd be awesome. But I'm ready now. I'm will Not ready. I'm willing now because I want to suffer patiently. I don't want to suffer, but if I have to, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to do it patiently. What about you guys? You want to suffer with me? Let's all just suffer together. Maybe we'll get a pizza. It'll be great.
Honor your governments. Honor those in rule in, in, that are your authority, whether they be the government, whether they be the boss, whether they be me. Just kidding. I'm not your authority. I'm your pastor. That's different. But honor them. Yes, you've been given a right to vote. Go vote. Not today. You can't vote today. There's nothing to vote for. When they're supposed to vote, go vote. You've been given that privilege, that right in this country, but realize that this is not your home. Realize that things are only going to get worse. That you're going to have to suffer, but suffer patiently and find favor with God. Let's pray. Father, we praise you. We thank you for today. We thank you that you are risen today just as you were yesterday and the day before that and just as you will be tomorrow and the day after that and for all of eternity. God, help us to honor our authorities, whether they be bosses or government or whatever they be. It's hard for me, but help me and help us because you have commanded us to. We can be the ones to make wise men look foolish because we love you and we're willing to do what you ask us to. God, we praise you. We love you. So in the name of your son, we pray. Amen. Amen.